What is going on? My name is Tyler Sturvin. I'm the pastor of different church and I'm so thankful that you're joining us today. And if you want more information on our church, you can check out our website, dfrnt.church. But before we hop into today's message, can you do me a favor on whatever platform you're listening from? Will you give us a follow? And hey, if it blesses you, why don't you hit that five stars? Because all of that helps us reach more people with the word of God. All right, I'm done. Let's hop into today's message. Let's do it. Different church, how are, listen, how are you? Thank you for joining our Christmas uh, special, whether you're tuning in on YouTube or you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're consuming our content, man, I just want to say thank you so, so, so much. And I pray that you had a very merry Christmas. We are finishing our series called GRWM, Get Ready With Me, as we've walked through the entire Christmas story, not just baby in a manger Christmas story. I'm talking all the miracles that happened in the Christmas story. We have Zachariah, we have Elizabeth, we have the shepherds, we have Mary, we have Joseph, we have all the, even in the political realm, there was stuff happening. All this stuff was happening around this baby that was about to come in a manger. And I think it's so cool that God can do more than one miracle at a time. We kind of get trip like we kind of trip out and we think, okay, well, they're getting their miracle. They're getting their miracle. I'll wait for my miracle. No, God can do multiple things at the same time because that's how good he is. But we get mad when other people encounter a miracle because we don't think God's going to do a miracle on us. That's not true. The same God that put every single star in the sky and he made everything happen, he did it simultaneously, is the same God that rules this earth and is able to do something for you and something for me and something for that person over here. So when someone else encounters a breakthrough, when someone else encounters a miracle, I don't get mad. I don't get salty. I get excited because I know that same God that does it in them is going to do it in me. So I don't trip whenever God is not a one miracle at a time. God, God is constantly moving and working things to accomplish his will on this earth. He's going to do it in you. He's going to do it in me. And I'm, listen, I'm done getting mad when other people experience breakthrough. I'm done looking at Instagram, waiting on someone to go on a vacation and get mad because I can't afford to go on a vacation. God can do it for them. God can do it for me. God can do it all. And in the Christmas story, the same God that ordained the Christmas story is the same God that lives today. Is the same God that rules today. He is. And so That's what gets me, when I start reading in the Bible, when I start reading about the Christmas story, that's what gets me excited because I know I serve that, listen, I serve that same God. And it gets me, listen, it gets me excited. And did you know that in the Christmas story there, they had known, even before Jesus was born, they knew the Messiah was coming. They knew a Savior was coming. They knew something was going to happen. I don't think... They knew that it was going to be this baby in a manger. I don't think, I think God did it in the most opposite way possible, right? He has an upside down kingdom where the last is first, first is last. Give everything. Don't hold on. Like he does everything totally opposite of what our flesh wants to do. And I think it really messed some people up and it still does to this day. I think that God is always doing something and it's going to be the opposite of what we think it's going to be. It's going to be, listen, it's going to be in different packaging. It's going to be in different write, or wrapping. That's what it's going to be. 
Whenever I was little, I used to want the biggest present that was under the tree. I knew if I got the biggest one, there was probably going to be the best gift inside of it. And I would open this up. I would open the big one up and it would be like a sweater and socks. And I'd get so mad, but I never wanted to open the small ones because... Well, it's small. It's not, it's not super flashy, but the older I got and the more small packages I opened up, the more I realized there were, there was some value in the small packages. There was some value in the small gifts, but we get so concerned with something has to be big. Something has to be bold. Something has to be great for it to really make an impact on my life. And God, most of the time speaks in the small and the subtle, not in the big and bold. We want God to fill our bank account, but a lot of times he'll use you getting fired to speak to you, not the filling the bank. He'll use something that you at least expect. He'll use a breakup to save your life. He'll use losing a job to save your life. He'll use being on the brink of suicide to save your life. But we want him to do something big. And he's like, no, no, no. Listen to this small and subtle. Listen to my still small voice. Listen to it. And then we come to this baby. Jesus didn't come down as an emperor. He didn't come down as a king or a president or a ruler. He came here as a baby. How like opposite of the king of, when we talk about the king of kings, the Lord of lords, millions of angels worshiping his name, and he comes down as a baby? Well, if you have a Bible, you turn to Isaiah 9 verse 6. This was a prophecy that was told before Jesus came. So people knew something was about to happen, but it doesn't just say Jesus is coming. It says, here's why Jesus is coming. Isaiah 9 verse 6, look at what it says. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors. David for all eternity the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen look at verse 6 look at what it says for a child is born and look at these two words to us he came down for me and you he could have stayed in heaven God could have stayed in heaven being worshipped by millions and millions of angels but he decided to come down to rescue Tyler when Tyler didn't love him Jesus decided to come down to save me when I didn't care about him, when I didn't love him back. He decided to come down for me and you when we could do nothing in return for him. That's how good our God is. That's how good my God is. And that's the Christmas story. In its simplest form, a a perfect God came down to an imperfect world to save imperfect people to take them to a perfect place. That's what it is. That's the Christmas story. In a nutshell, that is what it is. And the more I think about it, there is no religion like Christianity. There is no God like our God, Jesus. Every other religion tells you work really hard to get to heaven. Only Christianity did Jesus work really hard down on earth to bring us from earth to heaven. There is no other religion like ours. There is no other savior like our savior. There is no other person like the person of Jesus. And that's that's what got me started to think about Christianity. That's what made me really begin to give my heart because there was nothing else like all the work had been done. All I had to do was trust him. Every other religion said, work really hard to get to me. There is no other religion like Christianity. 
And that's what I love about the Christmas story. That's what I love about what God did. The first Christmas for a child is born to us. And it shows that God decided to come down here to model what being a Christian needed to look like. He came down so that he could live a sinless life. It's the gospel. Listen, can I tell you the gospel? The gospel in its simplest form is God came down to an imperfect world to live a perfect life, to save imperfect people, to get them to heaven. That's it. He was beaten when I couldn't afford to pay for my sin. He was spit at, he was mocked at, he was yelled at, he was treat, mistreated because he had to pay a price that I couldn't afford. And so why do I worship Christmas? Why do I celebrate Christmas? It's because it was when God came down to earth to save me from my sins so that I could live with him. He came to live with me so that I could go and live, so I could go and live with him. That's Christmas. That's what it is. That's the gospel, right? That's the gospel. That's what it, that's what it all means. But he lived a life on earth so that I could relate to him even though he lives in heaven. And I think that that's the craziest thing because no matter where I am, I know God's been through it. You've been stabbed in the back by friends, so is Jesus. You can trust him. You've been yelled at and mocked and spit on and beaten up for something you believe in, so has Jesus. You can trust him. You, you're grieving because you lost a friend or a loved one, so has Jesus. You can trust him. There is no other God that exists that will love you like Jesus will love you. There's no other God that exists that's been where Jesus has been and has done what he's done in your life. There isn't. And that's why Christmas is so important. That's why Christmas is so valuable because Jesus came to this earth for me. Jesus came to this earth for you, to rescue you. Why didn't he come down as a king? Why didn't he come down as a ruler? Why didn't he come down as an emperor? He didn't come to rule the world. He came to rescue the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. On Christmas, he gave his son so that we could get to him. But he didn't, look at this, he didn't just come down to be a baby. There was a mission for him. There was, a, look at this, for, verse 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And look at what it says, the government will rest on his shoulders. The government will rest on his shoulders. I know so many people that stress about political things. I know so many people that stress about presidents or whatever's happening in the, gov in, in the government or in the world. It says on the baby's shoulders, on King Jesus's shoulders, the government will, will be there. The government will rest. Why can I walk into the future without knowing anything? Because Jesus, it rests on his shoulders. I've been seeing these signs and there's even a book I've seen at the bookstore. It says, Jesus for president. And I think that it sounds good in our head, but I don't know that we would actually like everything Jesus would do if, if he was to really to be the president of our, of our nation. Because I think our borders would be a little more open than we'd like. I think babies and children would be more valued than we'd really like. I think that we'd send more money to hurting people than we'd really like. I, I think that it sounds good. I think Jesus being our president, but I don't know that we would really want it to happen because he gave us what he would live by. He gave us how he would make laws, how he would make rules. And we don't even like everything that's in this book. But why can I move into the future even with a corrupt government? Why? Because all the government rests on Jesus's shoulders. 
That's it. That's why I can trust him. That's why I can walk in faith. That's why I don't have to fear anything because the government rests on him. That means how the world is ran is, is resting on this baby's shoulders. And it doesn't just say that the government, look, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on our shoulders and he will be called, not, it never says, listen, it never says he will be called Jesus. You know how they said you'll know that this is the Messiah? Because you will call him Wonderful Counselor. You will call him Mighty God. You will call him Everlasting Father. And you will call him the Prince of Peace. That's how you'll know that it's the Messiah. Because he will, he will bring perfect peace. That's how you'll know it's the Messiah. Because he will come and save you like the Mighty God that he is. You will know that he's Messiah because he will counsel you when you need something that you're, go when you're going through something and you need help. That's how you know, you'll know it. But there's this really big thing online where everyone's questioning what is the real name of Jesus? Is it Jesus? Is it Yeshua? Is it all these different things? And I don't really think it means a lot if you don't know the heart of Jesus. You can know the name of Jesus and not know the heart of Jesus and still miss Jesus. You know how many times I go out to eat and the waiter walks up and goes, hi, my name's Blake. How can I help you? I learn Blake's name, but what do I say right after? Hi, Blake. I need this. I need a cheeseburger. Give me extra fries and a Coke, whatever it is. I got to know the name of Blake, but I didn't actually care who Blake was or what he wanted to do. All I was concerned with is getting what I wanted to get. I think you can know the name Jesus and not know the heart of Jesus. You can know the name Yeshua and not know the characters of Ye uh, character of Yeshua. I need to know not just his name. I need to know who he is and I need to allow him to know who I am as well. Everyone's stressing about this. What is his name? What is his name? What is his heart? What is his character? Why did he, what did he come to do? What was his mission? What did he want to do? Because you can get so stuck on what the, the books say, what this person said, what this podcast says. No, what did he say? What did he come to do? And it says that he's for one. Here's how you'll know it's Jesus. He was a wonderful counselor. He was a mighty God. He was an everlasting father. He was a prince of peace. He came to do that for us. But we get in our heads. We, we start listening to all these different things. No. Does the person of Jesus that I know bring me perfect peace? Does he counsel me when no one else will? Will he save me when no one else will? That's, why, that's what we're talking. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Christmas right now. Will I know him for not just his name, but for his heart because when no one else could save me he saved me when nothing else could bring me peace he gave me peace when no one else would talk to me he talked to me that's why I love Jesus not for anything he can give me not for anything that he's done but for who he is and this Christmas I want us to shift our focus we don't have to do anything Getting gifts, not getting gifts, having a tree, not having a tree, none of that changes anything. I think Jesus just wants us to know who he is. I just think he wants to talk to us. This Christmas, my daughter's got these slap bracelets and they run up to me and they say, Dad, put this on right now. So I put it on, they said, you know what this can do? This is a super girl watch. You can talk to us anytime. And so they run to the other room and they have their watch on. They go, Dad, can you hear us? I'm like, yeah, Superboy here. I'm ready to do something. Let's go beat the bad guys. And we're just talking. Does this slap bracelet do anything for me? No. 
What do I, what value does this slap bracelet do for me? It allows me to talk to my daughters. It allows me to connect to my daughters. There was no toy they could give me that was a value to me. All I wanted to do was to talk to them. All I wanted to do was to be their dad and go, I'm ready, I'm here, let's go beat the bad guys. The same way we can't do anything for God. We can't give anything to God that he doesn't already have. We can't do anything for the man. All we can do and all he desires is a conversation. All he desires is a dad, I'm here. I want to talk to you. I want to love you. I want to be close to you. That's it. That's it. And this Christmas, that's all I want to do. That's all we're going to do. And that's what I want to pray for you, that you can drop the anxiety. You can drop the stress. You can drop the doubt. You can drop the doubt, all of it. And just focus on him and just talk to him. Dad, I need you. Dad, I love you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being there for me. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you, you put everything down and said, Jesus, I love you? When was the last time you said, Jesus, I need you? When was the last time you prayed and said, Jesus, I've never actually asked you into my heart and I want you to be my savior? When was the last time? Because we do all this other stuff. We tithe, we serve, we sing, we give, we show up to everything. None of that really impresses him. He just wants to talk to you. He just wants to get to know you today. That was why he came here. He didn't come here for you to serve at a church. He didn't come here for you to do any of that. He came here to rescue you, to get you off this earth into him. All the other stuff is nice, but it doesn't do anything for him. All he wants is a relationship with you. That's how you get to heaven. Is to just cry out to him and say, God, I need you. And so that's my prayer. I don't know where you are, who you are, where you've been, what you, you you've been tripping. That's what we say. Right? Man, you, you've been tripping. You haven't talked to him. You haven't cried out to him. When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you read? When was the time you worshiped? Let's do it today. Let's make that, let's make that declaration today. God, I'm, th this is your world. I'm living in it. I want to be a part of what you came here to this earth to rescue me and to save me. And I thank you for that. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for everything that you do. That, that thousands of years ago, you put on flesh and came here to do what I couldn't do. You lived a sinless life. You were beaten, you were bloodied for me. Lord, I couldn't do that. I couldn't pay the price. I couldn't pay the ransom, but you did. And it started on Christmas. And God, I just wanna say thank you. I'm sorry when I've tried to do everything but spend time with you. I've talked to everyone but you. I've read everything but your word. I've done everything but spend time with you. And today that changes. You don't want anything from me. You just want a relationship from me. You don't want me to give anything. You just want me to talk to you. And God, I'm sorry when I've missed it. I'm sorry when I've messed up. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. It's your name we pray. Amen.